0: today we have Suki Basi with us, Um, Suki is the founder of Happy Maven, uh, which is a company looking at diversity, health um, for employees and you work across a number of different sectors. Um, That would be correct, am I right, Suki? Um, Yes, Johnson, so we
1: work... um, we help leadership and HR teams with their people challenges. And, and let's be honest, some of the most um, important um, uh, challenges at the moment are around employee wellbeing, diversity and inclusion. And that's our expertise. That's a specialism that we bring to the
0: table. And I guess that's embodied in, in, in you as the founder and director.
1: Yes, yeah. I, I guess, Johnson, we all have uh, an origin story. Um, and as a founder, there's no way that I can separate myself from myself when I'm running my business.
0: Yeah. So I, I'm going to to just wind the clock back because um, I want to describe how I first met you. and And that was, was a real eye-opener for me because we met doing a park run, one of the, the, the early park runs after the lockdown. Mm-hmm. And the, the way I described my park runs, that was number three for me, was I, I run at a pace that when I first started to do this and I put it up on Strava, my friends used to send me a note saying, how was a nice walk you went on? And I, 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 I remember looking at the back of your shirt and seeing the number 100. And I think, hmm, that's a big number, but actually this person is running fairly slowly. And if she's in front of me and I can keep up with her, you'll be my pacer. That's, that's all, just something to keep me going. And that, that's what I did for a while until you were a little bit further ahead I don't know if you slow down or I speed it up, but at one or two points, turning a corner. And I'd I'd see this this woman in front of me going, hello, hi, nice to see you. Thank you for for coming out and supporting us. I couldn't do this without you. And I'm thinking, wow, that's different. These guys, the stewards are meant to be cheering the runners on. And here's somebody who's doing the running, cheering the stewards on. And it's not like it's a chore, but it's, it's with a smile, and it's like, wow, this, this is really different from what I expect. Um, and so you had a really impact, big impact on me. When I see somebody who is expressing gratitude and generosity to people who are there serving, um, to Wow. And I, I actually went back afterwards. That, that started me doing the, the, um, the other side of the fence, the, the stewarding bit as well, just to see what was that like. Um, and that, that, like I said, that was my first meeting with you. And I want you to, to, to share with us this, the, the Paris story, because that was the other thing that, that really made an impact. So could you tell us a bit about that story?
1: well first thing i've got to say johnson thank you for for recounting our our meeting with with such a smile um but to me that's the magic of parkrun the yep. magic of parkrun is the volunteers the whole atmosphere the running is actually incidental yep. the running yep. is by the by if you come out on a saturday morning to stand as a marshal, or to walk, or to run, or to cheer someone on, that's part of that sense of community that Park Run gives you. And Park Run has been a part of my life for a number of years. Um, And pre-lockdown, it was such a part of my life that even when I traveled, one of the first things I would do when I knew I was going somewhere was look at where the nearest park run was going to be so that I didn't miss out. And I've got many stories of that sense of camaraderie and community from across the world. But the one that I shared with you that morning was of a New Year's Day, a Bitterly cold, wet New Year's Day—the sort of wet, you know, when the ice is cutting into your face—that it's that sort of cold and
0: wet. And I, I was say, doing. You're you, you're a dedicated park runner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh,
1: I think I, I I think I am. I think like, uh, but but it's because it gives me so much. Yeah. Um, and you know the other day i'd finished a, i know i'm going on a detour, but the other day i'd finished park run and i was walking back um out of the park and and i was doing exactly what you've just said i was shouting words of encouragement to people who were still running to some of the marshals and somebody else who'd finished said to me you have no like you know jokingly you have no you have no right to sound that cheerful for someone that's just finished 5k and i laughed and said i sound this cheerful because i've just finished 5k yeah. um but the story i shared with you of, of that new year's day was actually in in paris paris has two park runs and there's one that um i i go to when i'm there and this New Year's Day, there wasn't many of us because many people are much more sensible. And that on a cold, wet, icy New Year's Day, there's a hundred other places that they'd like to be rather than a cold park. No. Um, so I think there was like 14, 20 of us. Wow. Um, obviously, I'd never met any of these runners before. And I was the slowest person on that course. Um, And I was so slow that I was actually the last person. And I couldn't believe it that as I came through to sort of, you know, the the last lap, that every single person who'd turned up that New Year's Day waited for me. Every single person was cheering me on and waiting for me to finish. And to give you some context they would have been risking a chill, risking hypothermia. They had hot chocolates and hot beds and hot homes to go back to. Um, But they felt that they couldn't leave a park runner out there. They couldn't leave somebody out there until everybody had patted each other on the back. And I think that when we talk about community we sometimes lose sense that community can be even in a time and a place that it then dissipated two hours later, but that warmth stayed with me forever to the point that I had to share that story with you.
0: Yes, yeah, totally. And I totally agree with you that, that even though um, we could be strangers or we could, we could meet in an event, but it it can have an impact that lasts yeah. so much longer, and it's like when I hear you describe that story, you know, even now I, it feels like you know there's a bit of a fire burning inside that has been placed there from a, a place in time that is over what three years? Oh, of course,
1: because for, you know for, for eighteen months it was all on on pause.
0: Yeah, so. For that story to be still alive and still impacting you and impacting me and for whoever else that may listen to this, they, it, it's amazing that, that one community of people coming together for an hour or two hours at maximum can have that impact. So the ripples go way beyond. And yep. it's something always to remember that that's, that possibility is there, it's magical for sure. It's absolutely magical. And, you know, when, and, 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 you know, and and
1: Parkrun's not the only one, there's all sorts of different um, social and health activities that I'm sure recreate that for different people. If you're in the UK, I know that people who, who walk with the Ramblers have, you know, similar stories, similar stories of people being supported through despair, through grief, through job losses um, through crisis and I think it's about us creating tribes and community um, when sort of existing structures perhaps are not there where families might not be living in you know in in the same zip codes and postcodes we may not have the same associations with church or temple etc so we create, relationships in different places.
0: They're no less meaningful. Totally agree, agree. I know um since since I did that park run, I had a friend with me who came to visit and we got into run talk walk or run talk. Yeah, run talk walk. Um so much so that that he'd gone back to his home base and now is setting up a a, a branch of Run, Talk, Walk, just because, you know, he, he knows what it's like to, to struggle with mental issues. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got another friend who is connected with him, and she absolutely, you remind me of her in, in a lot of ways, in, in that there's this energy that comes off this, this person. And the two of them are connecting and creating a, a local branch. Just so that, you know, they they actually benefiting and they've not started anything yet. And they are benefiting from each other as they, they, yeah. they do this. Yeah. And it's like say it's absolutely not about time, it's not about distance, it's about it's about who you're running beside for this period of time or walking beside.
1: Yeah. And and that ripples out. That ripples out it becomes so much more than like you've said that one hour or that two hours it ripples
0: out yeah yeah so i guess for you starting this we had some element of fitness in it
1: i think i would struggle to use the word fitness in its um broadly recognized meaning yeah. uh, perhaps mental fitness it really was never about physical fitness um, park run um came into my life as i was recovering from a breakdown so it became part of my um mental health support it became you know it it gave me sort of structure to my 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 week um so i think the word fitness i think like i say i would have to explain it and to say yes it was more about mental fitness it was rarely about physical fitness
0: how how do you think that actually helped or benefited you
1: when well, the, the, the ironic thing is, uh, the straw that broke the camel's back that actually led to my breakdown was physical fitness in the fitness in the physical fitness sense. Right. Um, I ran a half marathon, and it was the straw that broke the camel's back. That at that point, I didn't realise that I had been struggling with. Um, the symptoms of, of burnout for a number of years and um, all of the warning signs had gone unheeded and I kept pushing my body and my mind further and further and like I say it was a half marathon that just went my body just said I'm done you know my mind said I'm done every bit of me said we've been screaming for help for long enough you weren't listening so now we're going to make you listen yeah Um, So I had a period, Johnson, of about six months of being unable to do anything. Um, And that included even the most basic self-care. It was very, very, very extreme. And as I started a process of physical recovery, of being able to slowly do these small things for myself, I started exploring the local park. I would go for a walk. Mm. And sometimes those walks were very, very short. My energy levels were very low. But a walk gave me not only that bit of being in nature and being in the fresh air and a bit of vitamin D, but it gave me... Just about the amount of social interaction that I could cope with. I could cope with a good morning. I could cope with a lovely day. I couldn't cope with a conversation with friends or family. If you were going to ask me how I was, Mm. that was already too overwhelming. But that bit to pat someone's dog to say hello was just about as much as I could cope with. And then over a period of months and even years, those walks became added sorts of structure to my day. And I started expanding on them as I entered back into the world of work, as my resilience and my physical and mental strengths started building up. I realized that these walks were part of the bedrock of me being well, they were what I um, needed to support me. So they became, you know, the busier I was, the more I needed this time out in nature, the more I needed to be thinking about my breathing, my walking, et cetera. Um, And getting back into running, but with a different mindset, with less of a goal orientated, mindset less about this is what i want to do and what medal will i get but more about okay let me bring some structure in let me bring a training um routine back in um and that's how it, it merged so even though on one hand to a, to somebody from the outside it would go but you're still running running is what broke you and now you've gone back to running even from the outside, it looks the same. I put two, you know, one foot in front of another and I breathe, et cetera. The mindset, the philosophy behind it is night and day.
0: Yeah.
1: There is a total, there's a there's a kindness that comes with, with how I do it now. There's a nurturing um, element to it. There is the community element to it. It's, it, is, it,
0: it is a different shape and feel to what it was before. That, that's interesting that you, you, you put it in those terms of, of kindness um, and caring. Am I right in thinking you, you're talking about self-care and self-kindness to start with? That sense of, yeah, something started in here, that I, I am now not after an external time, or even a, a, a perceived need for whatever your goal is, whether it's a personal best, whether it's a 2K, 5K, 10K, half marathon, ultra, wherever you want to go. But but those are almost like externals, and so you, having been stripped, stripped bare, so to speak, and rebuilt, but rebuilt from the inside, with with self-compassion, self-care, self-kindness to the person that I met, who is totally not about all in here. It's not about me. It's not about fitness, but it's something that radiates out and touches people. And I I think that's an amazing journey that is-
1: Thank thank you, Johnson. I think it's because I recognized just the power of people with burnout. It strips you. It strips the beauty out of the world. It puts you in this position where you are so defensive. You are so, you're operating from a place of fear all of the time. It is practically primal. So, and then a lot of times, people will look at burnout through the lens of how you treat others. That you'll be snappy, you'll be you know short with them. Um, um, uh, you 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 can lap, lack empathy and compassion. In my case, I'm sure that a lot of that was true but it also, but burnout also manifested itself in self-hatred. You are constantly berating yourself. You are constantly beating yourself up. You are constantly reminding yourself that you're not good enough. It becomes a very, very vicious, self-fulfilling cycle. Um, and the recovery of, from that, from the actual breakdown was to actually, because you're then stripped down that you end up having to pat yourself on the back for having cleaned your teeth so forget oh i didn't get that promotion or i didn't do this or i didn't get a pb you are having to go thank you for caring enough to have had a shower today um and i think that it as i recovered um, realizing that not one of us Functions in isolation. We are linked to absolutely everybody and everything around us. And that in any situation that we think we're being altruistic, we're actually getting far more out of that, whatever it is, that interaction, that transaction, however you see it, than we are putting in. And that is the same as at park run. You know, whether I am volunteering or running, I know I take far more away from that at 9.45, 10 o'clock, depending on what my time is, than I have ever put in. And and that's what, unfortunately, I needed a breakdown to teach
0: me. Or fortunately, depending on where you are Well,
1: I just hope that it's fortunate that, that, you know, I don't know whether people ever learn from anyone else's experiences, but a lot of the work that I do now is to stop someone else having to go through that to come out with the same learnings that, you know, within workplaces, if people can have these conversations, if people can start recognizing in each other as well they can recognize the symptoms of burnout, they can recognize environments that, you know, lead to these crisis points, mm-hmm. can rather, can, is, you know, of course, prevention is better
0: than cure. For sure, for sure. And I, I think what you say is true, that it starts with, it starts with the, the openness, so there's obviously a, a cultural or environmental element to allowing or creating the space for people to, to have the conversation, mm-hmm. but it also needs um, personal, what is the word I'm looking, at? openness and vulnerability to, to share some of the, the, the deeper parts of who we are for the value of others, because uh, I have friends who are exactly the same person, say, you know what, my history has been awful, but I'm not gonna talk to you about it just because I need to talk about my bad history. If I can talk to you about my bad history in the context of where either you are or we are at present, then it has value. But it, it still requires a little bit of, openness and a lot of vulnerability to share these things. So I think it's important, without, without a doubt, it's important. Mm-hmm. Um, just just to, to move it forward. So we, 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 you've done the, the burnout, right? you, you've recovered to a really good space. How do you, how do you see um, the continuing evolution of, of parkrun or other activities in your life beyond that point? Oh, that's a really tough question, Jonathan. <laughs> Shall I ask an easier one? Like, like... With,
1: with Parkrun, every single person that knows me yeah. knows that it's part, it's part of me. It, is, it has a special place in my heart and in my life. Um, So whether that's me encouraging other people to come along or how I volunteer, I think it's it's absolutely it's critical to to not just my my well-being, but I think even to my sense of self. Um, But I think. I'm, I'm conscious that at the end of the day, you know, I'm living in an aging body. So I have to be careful that I don't peg too much of my mental fitness to my physical fitness. Those things can change. Those things by, you know, uh, an accident or or degeneration, et cetera, that 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 can shift. What I have certainly realized over the last decade is that resilience is not a finite end state. It is something that is constantly in ebb and flow and you need to be, you know, refilling it. And as part of that, the physical activity can only be one strand of that safety net, of that support net. So I am conscious that I can't peg everything to uh, physical um, activity. but whilst I am able to, it will be a key strand of that.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I would um, add something to that in, in the sense of part of the, the stuff that I research is, is um, athletes, particularly runners, who are in their eighties and nineties, um, and not everybody is going to be able to do that. So. That, there's some fantastic stories. Um, there's a woman called Harriet Thompson, which at the age of ninety-two uh, was was she think she just finished a I can't remember the number of, of marathons that she'd done, but she said, Yeah, I'm here and then people ask her, I said, Well, do you have any pain or yeah? I said, yeah, I do, but you know what? Unless you ask me, I'm not gonna tell you about it. Yeah. Um, and this woman, the year before, had, had gone through chemotherapy. She'd gone through, you know, she'd had half of her jaw wired up and all the rest of it. But she says it, it, it's, it's about the, the being out there. And the, it, it represents much more than the physical bit that she can or she can't do. It, it's much, much more. And yeah. so the next year she walked it. Okay. But it's it's like it represents something. And it's, it's, it's beyond the physical. Mm. It, it's, it's now you're, you're on a, you're beyond the mental, you're on a, a, to me, it's a spiritual plane. When you're on this place and you're giving out something in that space where, like, say, you're getting something back for sure.
1: Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. Without yeah. a doubt. Yeah. But it,
0: it's that sense of, Spirit—that sense of spirit of community in it—that makes such a difference to to anyone. Just just watching. So if you could watch two minutes of this woman going through that that barrier to um, cross the finishing line, you'd get something. You don't even have to be there to to be cheering her on. So there's something that's transmitted even as we do what we do, and it, it is of huge value without a doubt. Yeah. So, Suki, did, do you see a direct link between that sort of activity and your work activity?
1: I, without a doubt, Johnson, I think in the last 18 months, obviously with this whole move to remote working and hybrid working, most of the clients we work with have desk-based um, employees, desk based people. Um, and I'm not, of course, you know, there are lots of retail staff, frontline staff, delivery drivers, et cetera. I, I'm mainly talking about office based staff. And within the first lockdown, already people who physically hadn't left their houses, who, if you think about it, even in the biggest house, the gap the distance between your desk and the kitchen or the desk and the bathroom is not that much so it was you know it was aches and pains it was posture problems it was mood because they weren't, you know, just stretching, getting out of their desks, getting outside, the walk to the train station, where you get into the mode for I'm now going to work, I've got to do X, Y, Z today, the walk home from the train station, I'm, you know, decompressing, what am I having for dinner, or what shall we watch on TV, all of that stuff within the first four to eight weeks we could see it with with, with clients. Um, and obviously from, from the physical activity, we made that as part of you know, our remote working toolkits. Make sure you rec- reclaim your commute time, get out so that you, know, you get your dose of vitamin D. The sooner you get out, it will reset your body clock so you're sleeping better in, in the evening. Um, posture, you know, make sure that you've got the the right places to to sit and move. Um, And I'm hoping that the silver lining of those experiences is that people who had perhaps taken physical activity of some level for granted, realized how critical it was, even people who perhaps didn't... um, think that they exercised or were physically active in the traditional sense, suddenly realised that the walk to the train station, the walk up and down the tube, the walk to the printer, the walk to go, you know, depressed to get a sandwich, all totted up. And once you removed that, um, it was, it was quite, you know, dangerous. Um, And in an extreme example, we had um, more, I think, about four cases of um, diagnosed DVT. Mm. And that was absolutely shocking for the individuals involved. And obviously it was shocking for us because it really was, it realised, you know, we realised how sedentary people were within, within their
0: homes. Yeah, yeah. And I think um, when I look at it, So we started off with a word called fitness, and then you might expand it to exercise, but even broader than that, that word movement, movement matters.
1: Movement matters.
0: And it's the little movement.
1: Oh yes. So so in our work, uh, uh, you'll notice that we've consciously never used the word exercise. Exercise is such a loaded word for many people. And there's a danger that we think it's for others. Oh, it's for young people. It's for fit people. It's for, you know, the way I see it, whether it's movement or physical activity, that is gardening, that is cleaning, that is walking to the shops, that is playing with your grandchildren, that is, you know, volunteering uh, at Park Run. It is helping um, sort out parcels at the local food bank. Those all of those things we are we are we have evolved yep. to move to the limits of the body that we may that we inhabit
0: yep again some of the the, the stuff that i've looked at in terms of um people losing weight etc the, the 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 studies say that most of it is done in in non-exercise energy termogesis. In other words, it's the twitching. Mm -hmm. You find that people who who twitch a lot never seem to put on weight because it is the little movements that that add up. Mm -hmm. And hopefully one thing that could come out of all of this is is that realization of the little. Because there's so many things, you know, you think, Oh yeah, it comes back to the big. What is the big? What's the big goal? What's the 10 year goal? What's the five year goal? What what are the macronutrients? What are the micronutrients? Forget all of that. It's it's about the little things that you do. The little kind that is, Johnson, that is so true. That is so true.
1: Because that's true in everything, isn't it? Yeah. You know, when we think about um whether it's physical activity, whether it is taking a break, whether it is how we, you know, nourish ourselves. We can't just go, oh, well, I'll take all my vitamins on a Sunday and I'm set up for the week. Or I will sleep for 12 hours on a Saturday night and that will make up for my sleep deficit for the week. Or I'll have one, two week holiday a year, but I will take no micro breaks during the day. I will, you know, work during my weekends. We we can't live like that, you know. I I used a a funny analogy to my mom the other day, where you know I don't I can't give you know my plants all of their water for a month in in one sitting, and we have to nurture ourselves in the same way. And this way that I think that especially in the west and and we've unfortunately exported this to 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 developing world economies is that we you know we pull those 18 hour days and then we will compensate with a two-week holiday and then wonder why within that two-week holiday we either can't switch off or or we're ill for all of it
0: yes yes and we can't switch off because you've taken it in your pocket yeah which is another element to to not Mm -hmm. speak off, but uh, um, it's really important to realize that it's those small things that really do add up. It's a small kind bit. So now I come back to that bit of, you start with self-kindness or recognizing the need to be kind to yourself. Uh, Yeah, if all you can do is brush your teeth, thank you that I can brush my teeth. If, If you can do more than that, fantastic if you start to help other people you realize that it's there there's a beauty there's an elegance there's a grace to life that that, that comes out of doing these things and it, it comes back I think um one of my favorite um sayings was Seneca he says what was good for the bee is good for the beehive and you that that sort of encapsulates the whole bit that you're thinking, well, you're just doing it. for No, you're doing it and everybody benefits. Everybody benefits. Of course, it depends on how you want to measure it. You think, well, yeah, so what's your bottom line? Can't tell you in pounds and pence, but there's so much more that you can measure it by.
1: Yeah. And I think that that's the big mistake that we have made over the last century, isn't it? the way that we've tried to quantify progress, the way that we've tried to quantify the human condition, you know, even if we look at, you know, a measure of GDP, it's led us to the crisis that we're currently in. And I think that we've done that with human beings. We've done, we've come up, we've tried to commodify everything.
0: Yeah, yeah. Suki, it's been really fantastic talking to you. Um, and I hope you enjoyed it as much as I do. No, I really did, Johnson. Thank you for inviting me. And no doubt we will see each other somewhere in the physical as well as in the um, theater, the so to speak. Um, just just to, as, as we end, where can people find you? if, if That is if you want to be found.
1: Of course. Uh, So um, please feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. Um, We have a website, Happy Maven. If you are in the HR or leadership space, we offer complimentary uh, consultations. If you you want a confidential uh, sounding board, you don't know where to get started. And if it's on a personal level, like I say, LinkedIn, please do reach out, do connect, do share your own experiences.
0: Excellent. Suki, we will speak again soon. Take care. Thank
1: you. Thank you, Johnson.